Blog Talk Radio. This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Sam Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast with the SoLink part of the house. Yes, this is Franchise Today, and I'm Stan Friedman welcoming you to Episode 6 of this 10th consecutive season of the Franchise Today podcast. Today is Wednesday, February 20th, 2019, and I'm coming to you today from home base, Atlanta, Georgia, and my Linux Tower studio powered by FRM Solutions. And it's time now for the Link front of the house, where we take a quick look each week at some things that are making news or making noise in franchising. On the news front, the countdown is nearly complete as we are now mere days away from the IFA's 59th annual convention at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. This year's convention features more than 50 educational sessions, including concurrent learning tracks for franchisees, franchisors, and suppliers of all sizes, summits, and networking events, and let's not forget dynamic keynote speakers that include the incredible Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, Carly Fiorina, Patrick Sweeney, and more. Plus, this year's exhibit hall will be packed with nearly 400 suppliers, all of whom are there to provide products and services in support of sustainable growth and sensible franchising. That, of course, includes FRM Solutions. You'll find us on aisle 500 and Boots 541 and 543. If you're not registered yet, time's running out, but it's still not too late. You can find a link to the full agenda and registration information on the Franchise Today Facebook page or at the IFA's homepage at franchise.org. And now for another note in the front of the house, I want to wish uh, kudos to my former partners, Matt Friedman and Adam Scott, as WingZone is celebrating its 25th anniversary. Uh, great concept, great brand, had four of the best years of my life with those guys as we were growing the brand nationally. Uh, Wing Zone today still very relevant and adding a great deal more to the menu, including quesadillas, uh, black bean burgers, grilled cheese, a, a more diverse menu for a more diverse audience. Uh, a couple of new flavors in their profiles this year, Raging Cajun and Buffalo Ranch. And last year, they introduced a really successful Korean barbecue so watch for Wing Zone as they continue to grow. They are focused on the southeastern U.S. for 2019, 20, and 21, with 12 restaurants projected to open this year, 16 more in 2020, and 20 restaurants in 2021. Happy anniversary, Matt and Adam, and uh, keep on growing, and just make sure we keep at least one of those Wing Zones in my neighborhood because <laughs> I still love it and uh, still eat it at least a couple of times more a month than I should. Also today in the front of the house, my good friend Ryan Hicks, who's been doubling as my producer these past few weeks since I've gone solo on Franchise Today, he and I both have a surprise, a special guest who's waiting right now in the green room, who many in this audience know, but few have actually heard much from over the past few months. I'm talking about the legendary Jerry Darnell, Hey, Ryan, bring up your mic if you would. 
Dan, the mic is live, and I also have to note, I think we should give you the nickname the Wing King uh, from the previous the previous little blip there, but we do have a very special guest, and uh, yeah. So, so Wing King, just for, for pure uh, transparency, I can't do that, because my, my brother from another mother in Buffalo, New York, that has founded the Buffalo Wing Festival, Drew Serza, um, without any doubt or question, where's the title Wing King? He has ominously <laughs> called me the chairman. I've been, I've been nicknamed and dubbed the chairman. So he's, as the chairman of the Buffalo Wing Hall of Fame, um, the chairman worked for me. I don't want to be the Wing King. Drew, sorry, um, not looking to step on your toes. <laughs> so Ryan, you and Jerry have, have worked on several projects together over the years. And uh, as well, Jerry and I have been working on many as well. Uh, you and I, because we are so close to Jerry, know a whole lot more about this past year and what is now morphed into Jerry 2.0. Isn't that right? Yeah, well, Jerry 2.0 is, is uh, first and foremost, Jerry's one of the, my favorite people in the world. Jerry's always the master behind the scenes, the super connector. And on our daily and weekly calls, he is absolutely amazing. But yeah, we we have uh, we have a lot of really good things moving, and Jerry is the man for sure. So while you and I could spend an hour, and I'm sure that our guest Mark wouldn't really appreciate that today, because uh, this is his hour and for the for the large part of the podcast. But who better than Jerry to tell us what's going on in his world, and. Um, with that, let's bring him on. So, Jerry Darnell, it's been an interesting year for you, my brother, and it's led to some lifestyle changes. Why don't you clue us in on what you've been up to and how well you're doing? Well, I am doing better than I ever thought I would. I'm focused on my health this year, uh, doing very little traveling, um, and uh, that's what I'm supposed to do this year. Um and Stan knows a lot more about it and can tell you, and many of you that will see him at the convention, he's got some pictures to share with you. And uh, I'm excited, and I will be at the convention next year. Yeah, so Jerry, I mean, here's what I, when I say lifestyle changes, here's how I know Jerry's made some lifestyle changes. You know, he had an event earlier in the year that scared him, and he took it seriously, and he went into the hospital and had, uh, a long recovery of physical uh, therapy and, and a lot of it. And so I saw a picture of Jerry a few weeks ago where he was down some 65 or 70 pounds. He was doing something I've not seen Jerry do in a long, long time. He was standing straight up and, uh, and you know, he, he made a decision. He made a choice. Um, you could have gone to the convention if you wanted to, couldn't you, Jerry? Uh, I sure could have, but I elected not to. And actually, I'll be working with many of my clients and probably you and uh, Ryan remotely from here while you're at the conference. As always, as is always the case. But listen, seeing you on your feet, Jerry, and knowing that you're actually walking with a cane and getting rid of the scooters, um, getting healthy and taking care of yourself and making good decisions about where your priorities are, screams volumes to me that says Jerry 2.0 is here to stay. So I'm proud of you, brother, and I'm glad you're on the mend and let this be a, a greeting to many people who have missed hearing your voice. Um, I know you're back on Facebook. Everybody has seen you again, but nobody's talked to you in a while, or at least not enough people have talked to you in a while. So 
send your greetings to Franchise Today's audience, Jerry, and we'll move on to the rest of the program, knowing that we've all been better off having a, a visit with you first this morning. Well, anyway, I want to wish everybody a great convention, and I'll be working behind the scenes back here and uh, in touch with many of you, and you will see me on Facebook and LinkedIn. And uh, Stan, Ryan, thank you both. Love you both, and uh, I'll be with you next year out there. We'll see you soon, Jerry. Take care and give a hug to the Bondster. You got it. There you go. All right, well, there you have it, the front of the house. And the front of the house is brought to you today by Solink, providers of the amazing technology for loss prevention that does what Apple and Android did for cell phones. They've done for point-of-sale and security camera systems. They've actually made them smarter. Whether you operate a single unit or a multi-unit empire, or if you're the franchisor or executive of a retail or restaurant brand that's concerned with unit-level economics, please take my advice and learn more about Solink today. When deployed, Solink's technology captures instances of exceptional behavior at all of your sites. These instances can be bad or good. Either way, Solink records everything that goes on in the front and the back of the house, eliminating the need for review of hours of tape to view these exceptions. Solink's technology captures it all and provides reports that direct your attention to the specific video clips of those exceptional transactions. Solink gives you full visibility into every action and transaction at every site from any device and does so on demand, taking you right to the day's notable events, unusual transactions, or unauthorized activity. And what's best is it does so utilizing your current point of sale and security camera systems. It actually provides added value from existing POS cameras and other digital systems. There are no new cameras or hardware purchases required for Solink to work for you. And like I said, Solink catches it all, both bad and good. If you've got someone on a shift that's upselling while others aren't, Solink will capture that and report it to you. Find out more about this amazing technology at booth 956 at IFA. And of course, you can always find them online at Solink.com. I want to take a brief minute before bringing on today's guest to also thank Last week's guests, KeyBank executives Don Graves, Barb Smith, and Jim Fliss, who made news last week right here on Franchise Today when they told us about KeyBank's plans to do well by doing good with a deep commitment in the franchising space in the form of a $150,000 donation to the IFA's Educational Foundation in support of research, education, and information for the promotion of financial dignity and franchise business ownership. It's their hope that this will help educate and release those entrapped by generational cycles of dependency in low and moderate income markets and inspire the creation of entrepreneurial franchise businesses, creating jobs and opportunity for members of those communities, as well as all communities at large. This includes veterans, women, millennials, and in all markets nationwide all of those who can own their businesses and thus own their lives. You'll find Jim Fliss and the Key Bank team in booth 812 at Mandalay Bay in just a few days during the IFA convention. And of course, you can find them online at keybank.com. And now on to today's guest. 
Mark A. Belanger, or as my Google Voice calls him, Mark A. Belanger, is an experienced principal partner with time-tested results in management consulting, business development, business planning, ops, management, coaching, sales, and hospitality. Over the past 25 years, Mark has brought his skills and talents to some very impressive, if not iconic, brands, both in and out of food. Brands such as Starbucks, Dunkin' Brands, Barnes & Noble, El Pollo Loco, and others. For the past three and a half years, Mark's been principally involved in the growth and development of the old Chicago pizza brand at Kraftwerk's Restaurant. And he currently serves as president of Kraftwerk's Restaurants and Breweries, which in addition to Old Chicago, is the nation's leading operator, franchisor, and licensor of brewery and craft beer-focused dining restaurants, owning, operating, and licensing over 200 locations across the U.S. and Taiwan, with its primary concepts also including Rock Bottom Restaurant and Brewery, Gordon Biersch Breweries, and strong regional brands that include the Chop House Brewery and Big River Grill and Brewing Works. This past November, in the acquisition of Logan's Steakhouse, Craftworks Holdings was born, and Mark continues to serve as president of the 390-store chain, which now includes Logan Steakhouses with locations spanning 40 states and the District of Columbia, as well as overseas. Sounds like a lot to get your head around, Mark. So thanks for making the time to carve out some time and join us here on Franchise Today. Well, Stan, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And Ryan, uh, thank you for driving uh, today. I appreciate it. Uh, um, I can't thank you enough for the time. and look forward to our conversation today. So despite a significant difference in opinion uh, that you and I share about Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots, we've been friends for quite some time, thanks to an introduction many years ago by Lynette McKee, someone we've both known and admired for years. That notwithstanding, Mark, let's begin this segment as is usually done on Franchise Today by acknowledging that franchise is not an intentional profession. Most nobody that we know, other than second-generation families of franchising, actually goes to school and studies with intention to become a franchisor. In your case, that might be mitigated mitigated some as you did attend Nova University and on their franchising program. Isn't that right? That is correct. Uh, I'm proud to say that I'm a CFE, Franchise Certified Executive, that um, had the opportunity to attend uh, their sessions through the IFA and meeting great people like yourself, as well as Lynette and Ryan and Jerry. It's great to hear Jerry is uh, back on his feet, too. I I couldn't be more proud. You know, as we look at the industry, one of the things that uh, I've taken away with being in franchising for as long as I have is, um, you've said this best, is you pick up people along the way. Uh, you said that to me at the beginning of our relationship. You say it to me almost every time we see each other. And my takeaway from that is you're absolutely right. And uh, there are givers and there's takers in the world. And uh, we, we choose to surround ourselves with givers and uh, certainly stand yourself and in, in the, in the, in the fine group of folks that you've introduced me to over the years uh, are all givers. And uh, I couldn't be prouder to be associated with uh, not only the IFA and their great educational program that they provide uh, through the CFE program, but uh, also just the, being in the community of franchising. Because you're right, uh, when I started off, um, you know, I was uh, my first job in the industry was a dishwasher. And, uh, you know, that, that uh, to think back to those days back in Maine, um, 
uh, boy, have times changed. So when you became a dishwasher, it wasn't because you were intentionally thinking about a, a career in food service or franchising. It was probably because you needed a job. So how did the franchise bug bite you, Mark? What were you doing and where were you when you realized that your career track was going to take you into this thing called franchising? You know, that's a great question, Stan. I think it goes back to the Starbucks days, the early days at Starbucks when uh, Howard was firmly at the helm, Howard Schultz, and uh, we were purely a company-operated model, um, and, you know, primarily based in Seattle, Chicago, and then when I signed on in uh, 2004 in, uh, in Boston. And there was this, uh, you know, as we started to build that brand and, and being part of that, um, there was a, a request to have Starbucks locations in more areas other than just street stores. And it was the airports uh, that was our first step into licensing uh, SeaTac Airport that uh, was really the first introduction to licensing and this word franchising, you know. Um, so it goes back to, you know, the early <clears throat> the early days uh, in the 90s when my, when my career started Starbucks. Uh, and how and much time? Fast forward to, yeah, how much time did you spend with Starbucks? I was there for almost 10 and a half years. All right, yeah, that so was when quite I started, an had, Yeah, it absolutely was. I, I, I tell people this a lot, uh, is that, you know, when I started at Starbucks, I was a, I was a, a, young, a young man and uh, grew up uh, and really cut my teeth in business through the education at Starbucks. You know, when we started, we had about 225 restaurants, and when I left, we had about uh, 7,800. So it was a tremendous uh, learning experience for sure on top of rewarding, uh, to say the least. So fast forward the tape for us from there, Mark, what came after Starbucks? So I was recruited to go to Dunkin' Brands. Um, and uh, what's beautiful about being at, uh, at Starbucks is once you've been there for 10 years, you're able to take a coffee break, take a hiatus, which I was uh, about to take my coffee break for a year. That's a great program with great benefits. Uh, I think they still do that today. I'm not sure. That's been a long time since I was there. But uh, Dunkin' Brands uh, wasn't even Dunkin' Brands at the time. It was Allied Domet QSR, which was the second largest spirit and wines company in the world, um, owned Dunkin' Donuts and uh, Baskin Robbins, and at the time a brand out of California called Togo's. Uh, so I was recruited to come in to uh, help them launch their espresso platform in Dunkin' Donuts. And, th and that's really, I'd say, Stan, where um, learning about franchising and uh, you think about uh, um, the heritage of Dunkin' Donuts and Bill Rosenberg starting the IFA and the connection there right back in the, back in the 50s is a pretty neat experience. And certainly uh, getting educated uh, on a, an accelerated uh, level at franchising, uh, and that's really where my paths cross with the great uh, Lynette McKee and, and teaching and, and having her take me under her wing to introduce, you know, me to folks like yourself as well as many other great executives in the franchise world. I, I couldn't be more blessed uh, with that opportunity. And, you know, one of the things that uh, came out of that experience is really is it's all about relationships. You hear it said often, but what does it really mean? It really does mean about uh, when you go back to you pick up people along the way is really listening um, and, 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 and engaging with folks um, and doing what you say you're going to do when you, when you say you're going to do it. I think that those are critical pieces. Uh, and giving back. Lynette's always taught me that uh, 
hey, look, you may not get a deal or you may not um, close a deal in the timeline that you want, but it's all about the relationship that you're building as you're going through that process. And I think you, Stan, you know, the years that we've spent together interacting uh, through different brands, uh, the relationship has stayed true and strong, even if the brand that we're responsible for leading or being part of has changed. Um, and Absolutely. I can say the about Ryan. Thus, the, the comment that uh, I share so often about we change shirts, but we collect people. And that's exactly what it is. You know, people that you meet in one place worthy of knowing again in the, in the franchise world, as small as it is, um, we make career moves and we make changes. But the people that were part of our lives in one place are certainly worth something to us and even more to us uh, in the places that we go from there and forward. Mark, what years were you at Allied Demet? When it was Duncan, when you were at Duncan and owned by Allied Demec, what, what years were those? I started in uh, 2003, uh, and then we were purchased uh, and sold, if you will, uh, to a conglomerate of uh, private equity. T.H. Lee, Bain, and Carlisle purchased mm-hmm. Duncan for $2.4 billion, as you may remember. It was a record-setting purchase at the time. And I will tell you that that was also my first foray into private equity and learning about private equity uh, and building some great relationships there with some key executives uh, and directors that were leading those brands. Um, So the goal there was to really to take Duncan National uh, in the U.S., because as you may or may not recall, Duncan was predominantly an 800-pound gorilla in New England and hadn't really expanded across the U.S. uh, past the Mississippi. Um, And, you know, my team was tasked after we launched Espresso uh, to to work on uh, setting Dunkin' Donuts and setting a flag back in California. Because I kind of joked when I started at Dunkin' that there really wasn't any new market that Dunkin' hadn't been in. Um, you know, they had they had expanded quite, quite rapidly through the 50s and 60s. I was surprised to find out when I moved to Phoenix, Arizona in 08, that the first Dunkin' Donuts in Phoenix, Arizona opened in the 50s. So it was really about going back and reintroducing the brand um, to consumers that maybe grew up with uh, the great uh, commercials of time to make the donuts to uh, introducing them to the great coffee that they have and serve today. Uh, with, I had a, uh, with Duncan. I, I have some memories of doing battle with Duncan in my blimpy days, which would have been in the nineties. And, you know, Quiznos was on the rise. Then Subway was already the 800 pound gorilla. And then here comes Duncan Brands in conjunction with Baskin and Togo's out there offering something they used to call combos and trombos. So they'd have people, franchise prospective franchisees, that were not only buying multi-units, but they were buying across the brands and putting up these Duncan, Baskin, Togo locations to try to round out menu offerings across three day parts. And uh, they gave us a run. I mean, they may not have made it out as far west as you were looking for them, but they caused some pain in my blimpy world back in the day, Mark. You think about the complexity of that, too, a, a combo and a trombo running three or four brands underneath the one roof. You know, mm-hmm. we're blessed today with having 11 brands, as you mentioned earlier, with Craftworks Holdings, with, you know, the most recent acquisition with uh, Logan's uh, Roadhouse, the original Roadhouse, I might add. Logan's was the first in 1991. Uh, to open in Kentucky. And, uh, you know, I've always said that you can't have a strong number one without a strong number two. And then this brand called Texas Roadhouse came along and started growing rapidly as well. 
uh, throughout the uh, 90s and the 2000s. Um, so Texas Roadhouse uh, was the original mesquite wood-fired grilled steakhouse uh, that started in the southeast, and we're excited to have them as part of our portfolio. And uh, we're in the early stages of uh, preparing that brand to start franchising as well, which uh, couldn't be more excited with the leadership team that we have under Hazamo as our CEO and chairman um, under the new holding company, and then to have the great iconic brands that we have today, as you highlighted. Um, it's, uh, we've got some exciting times. As, as one of my great mentors, John Luther, once said, is if you, if you ain't changing, you're dying. And uh, certainly um, when you look at what, what's going on in the restaurant landscape in America, is, is, is change is the only constant. And um, keeping up with um, you know, the palates of America has, uh, has tested us all, for sure. So, Mark, walk us, walk us through a little bit more of, of the career path and the places that you've been and help us understand the roles that you have played and the eyes from which you've viewed franchising along the way. Most of it, I know, has been food-oriented, but, you know, you had some retail that was non-food with Barnes & Noble. And were you always in the development on, on the development end of the business, or were there times where you were uh, looking through the paradigm of operations as well. Yeah, great question. No, as a matter of fact, I, I pride myself on being a, a true restaurant operator. I started as an operator. You know, I started as a dishwasher, and, and you know, had a had the the classic career journey through the restaurant industry of going from dishwasher to busboy to waiter to bartender to restaurant manager and regional manager uh, uh, along the way. And the, the development side of franchising really uh, was was picked up along the way as default. When I was with Duncan, um, we had the franchising team reporting in as a dotted line underneath my leadership in the growth model. And um, I really did like that portion of, of the business and enjoyed interacting with candidates and, and awarding and granting franchises and awarding franchises to, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs or su tremendously successful business individuals that were looking to diversify their portfolio. But operations um, has always been in my DNA. Um, as Stan, you and I have talked, uh, uh, it took some time off in between uh, Barnes and Noble and uh, El Pollo Loco and, found myself on two competitive barbecue teams traveling around the country competing at some of the biggest events that uh, barbecue has to offer. Uh, I remember. So my, uh, creative ju the creative juices are still there, if you will. Um, but, uh, yeah, I pride myself in, uh, in, in knowing how to uh, work my way through the kitchen. And, and, you know, I think that benefits you as well as you're evaluating in our world today when you're evaluating operators is, you know, do they have the right DNA? Are they passionate about their people and care about what they do um, and, and the food that they serve, right? Because at the end of the day, it is all about the people uh, and the hospitality that we provide. You know, we have a saying here at Craftworks Holding, it's passion to serve. And, uh, you know, that's something that we look for. But uh, to answer your question, it really was coming through operations uh, and picking up the development side. So even today, as we speak, my team's still responsible for the licensing and the franchising operations of the business. So not only do you meet myself and, and my sales team on the front end of um, engaging with us, but we also stay with you um, through the whole process. And I, I've designed that purposely just through observing, you know, mistakes where, you know, as you've seen over the years, Stan, when you, you have a 
a well-intentioned sales team that's out selling something, that's their goal is to sell it and close it and move on. And, and then you're, you're, you're handed off to another team. Well, in our case, we found that um, it's really better, better to stay with the, with the executive in that team. Uh, we find that the synergies around the relationship stay stronger uh, over time. And you're right. I did try some uh, different things outside of food. I thought I wanted to get out of food. Um, you know, I was obviously in coffee for 21 years of my life and uh, thought I wanted to get out of coffee as well. But it always seems that uh, once you're in this in the in the food business, it always seems to just bring you back in. And uh, <laughs> it's where my passion is. And, you know, my dad always said my stepdad always said when I was young is, hey, people got to eat. <laughs> um, so I've always held those those, uh, those words. And it's true. People got to eat. And we, you know, what we're focused on now. Craftworks Holdings is really about quality um, and, and, and the passion to serve our guests every day. Um, so we're excited for the next journey in the Craftworks Holdings um, uh, chapter of um, taking a brand that uh, was iconic in the uh, early days, you know, like Logan's or even, you know, Old Chicago Pizza and Taproom, which is known as being the craft beer authority where you can come in and, and try beers from not only around the world, but also local and regional beers that are being brewed in your, in your neighborhoods uh, close to you, which um, could be more excited about. We're going to take a, a short break, Mark, but when we come back from that break, I want to talk more about the brands and the consumer experience that Craftworks is responsible for delivering, uh, some of the recent successes that you've had in growing the old Chicago brand, and then talk about the franchising side of business and, and who it is that you should be talking with and who should be talking with you and places where they can find out more about the opportunities that you guys are providing. Looking forward to it. And we'll take a break. Franchise today, we'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsor. Franchise Today is produced and presented each week by FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM enables real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and their prospective and existing franchisees. This empowers your teams to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all communications to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is simplifies, simplified, too, with FRM's document management, and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and archived in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. There are no long-term contracts required, multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost, no excuses, just solutions. Look for FRM at the upcoming IFA convention. We'll be in booth 541 and 543. And of course, you can always find us online at frmsolutions.com. So, Mark, let's talk a little about the consumer side. With so many brands, you have a primary or secondary and tertiary responsibility across those brands, or are you focused specifically on one or two? How does that look in your day-to-day -day world? 
Yeah, no, great question, and I wanted to clarify that. So my my direct role is president of franchise uh, global franchise development. So uh, the team is accountable for all the brands when it comes to growing those brands. And some brands we are uh, maintaining uh, and holding on, and then there are other brands like our crown jewel of uh, Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room that we are fully accelerated and growing. Uh, we've most recently just prepared uh, an opportunity to actually grow our rock bottom uh, brewery as well. So all of our uh, primarily restaurants, um, when it looks at the three core brands would be Old Chicago Pizza and Tap Room, known for you know handcrafted pizza, specializing in that, as well as uh, local and regional craft beer. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we have Logan's Roadhouse, which is uh, you know, a leading mid-scale steakhouse serving you know, mesquite wood-fired uh, steaks. We are looking to uh, prepare that brand to start franchising. And then lastly, we have a restaurant out of our brewery group uh, called Rock Bottom um, Brewery Restaurant. All of our breweries are restaurant-centric. So we have 75 breweries that are attached to restaurants uh, with brands like you mentioned earlier with Gordon Biersch uh, or the Chop House, which you and I have had dinner at before and wonderful experience there uh, throughout the country. Uh, so right now, the three growth brands that I'm looking to grow over the uh, the next several years and start to build pipeline um, are really Old Chicago, Logan's Roadhouse, and eventually uh, we'll be looking at uh, – the rock bottom brand. And what's great about uh, the Logan's Roadhouse is, you know, we've done very little marketing uh, with that brand when it comes to franchising, no marketing actually. And we're getting calls uh, asking and inquiring about it. And I, I have to thank our competitor, uh, Texas Roadhouse for their tremendous success and uh, in, in, in growing and doing what they do. And some of the financials that we're reporting, we feel like we're prepared to, uh, to also be able to compete uh, and grow uh, over the next several years with uh, with franchisees. Uh, what's the consumer so, experience before we get into the business side? What's the customer experience at Logan's? What what is the customer experience? because clearly, if if the market is lighting up without any any real effort, there's got to be a happy customer base that's driving that kind of interest. Absolutely, yeah. You know what's in, what's what's cool about our brands is they're fun, right? Let's think about it. We're in the beer, pizza, and steak business, right? Oh boy! Um, so oh boy! As you look <laughs> as, as right, right. <laughs> what gets better than that? So when you when you think about Logan's, you, you come as you are. You know, we're we're you come as you are, casual, and uh, it, it it serves uh, guests from all age groups. You know, whether it is your family coming in to celebrate. Um, a birthday or an anniversary or a special event within the family, or it's, you know, some friends getting together to get caught up to having seen each other in a few years. They can have a great service, great meal uh, with some fine beverages as well. Uh, and I would say that about old Chicago as well is, you know, that's kind of our everyday Joe uh, kind of place where um, it's unpretentious. It's, uh, it's, it, 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 you want to catch a game with your friends and family. Uh, certainly old Chicago is geared uh, to be a sports bar environment, but also family friendly. And I think uh, I've heard that often said uh, from many consumers as well as investors that it's incredible the diversity that you see in our restaurants and also the multiple generations where you could have some millennials sitting at a high top in the bar and then you've got the multi-generational family having uh, you know a birthday party in, in, in the private dining room. Um, so, you know, 
we, we really I'm, I'm, yeah go ahead I'm familiar with um, I'm not familiar with Logan's but but I was impressed with old Chicago and how there are two universes there are two customer bases the thing I noticed when you brought me the first time there are two separate uh, demographics that are cohabitating the same environment at the same time and each is doing what they want without being an impediment to the others. So I know of many places that call themselves sports bars, whether they're uh, national or regional brands, franchised or otherwise, that have these clubs, you know, it's all about the drinking and not really the food, or it's all about the food and not so much the beer. But what I noticed about Old Chicago is how you rotate uh, seasonal brands or seasonal um, beers in and out all year long. And so for the serious person on the bar side of life, um, you guys are doing some pretty serious things in the craft beer business that keeps your customer base happy. And then the dining room with those families are not bothered by any of that. They're getting what they want because the food is good as well as the beverage. And that's, to me, the thing that I think stands out about old Chicago. Yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the beer awards that we've that we've received, you know, through the Great American Beer Festival, which I know you've partaken in as well uh, as, as the World Beer Cup. Uh, you know, we've been brewing beer for over 40 years as well. We we at one point owned Boulder Beer Company uh, under the under the foundation and leadership of a gentleman by the name of Frank Day. Frank. Um, was our founder for several brands, including Old Chicago and uh, the Rock Bottom brand. And, uh, you know, uh, many people in the beer world, you know, the Jim Cott of the world with, with uh, Boston Boston Beer, or as everyone knows them, uh, Sam Adams, has, has, has paid accolades to, um, you know, our brands being really the foundation or the cornerstone for the craft beer craze in America. So, you know, you often see that what, you know, why is there a correlation with great craft beer at the time in the, in the eighties and the nineties and the two thousands with Colorado or specifically Boulder. And a lot of it can be attributed right back to Frank. I mean, in 1976, he, he opened old Chicago pizza tap room in Boulder, Colorado uh, with 110 beers. So it was technically also the first, restaurant loyalty program in the u.s where if you came in and drank 110 beers you would uh, you would be rewarded uh which we still have today it's called the world beer tour uh and i think about it i was i was alive in 1976 i wasn't partaking in uh in, be- in adult beverages yet but uh, to think about 1976 where would you get 110 beers uh it'd be remarkable um you know to think about that there's an old joke in the beer business is what is a canoe and uh, American beer in 1976 have in common. And uh, the saying is that they were both close to water. <laughs> that is so, funny. Hey, so, you know, you talk yeah. about the Great, Amer- Great American Beer Festival. I, you know, my memory of that festival is a thank you to you when a couple, maybe three years ago, when West, oh, no, yeah, West Coast Franchise Expo, MFV, moved from California to Denver that year. And we were there, and the Great American Beer Festival was going on at the same time. And I had a friend of mine, a former NBA iconic uh, top 20 player of all time, Rick Barry, was joining me walking the show for Franchise Expo West. And my good friend, Mark Belanger, comes along with a couple of passes that made us rock star celebrities. I think we were enlisted as Gordon Beer's brewmasters or something. And Rick and I and Mark get to walk 
into the Great American Beer Festival and get treated like rock stars, not because not because I was accompanied by iconic Rick Barry. Yeah, there were several people who did recognize him, but it was the badges that we were wearing sure. that made us all rock stars, right? What, what, what did that badge say? We were brewmeisters or we were something. You, you, were, brew, you were official brewers. Yeah, you were part of the <laughs> brewers, uh, the, the elite, uh, you know, fraternity of uh, American brewers. You were, you were inside the huddle uh, for sure. And what a great, what a great time. If you haven't had a chance to experience the Great American Beer Festival, it is it is like no other uh, event in the world, really, where you have over 2,300 breweries from around the world come in to compete with the best of their best of their beer in various categories. Uh, and the categories continue to grow, you know, with just the creativity of brewers. Brewers are a lot like artists. Every one of them is very uniquely different uh, and very passionate about what they do. And we're blessed with having you know, 75 of our own brewers under the uh, leadership of Tom Dargan, our VP of brewing, uh, who's as every, as every much a, a character as you'll ever meet, but so smart and passionate about what he does. So if you get a chance, um, you know, our beers have uh, been heavily awarded there over the years. Uh, we, we, we Rock Bottom Brewery won Small Brew Pub of the Year uh, not too long ago, uh, if you think about it. So, uh, you know, with 32 restaurants, uh, in the U.S., uh, we're, we're very proud of the brands there. But uh, if you get a chance to go out, as Stan said, it is uh, it's quite a life experience. And, and they'll they'll see over seventy five thousand people over the weekend, and it's a two day event. And they, I'm told that the event sells out in a couple of hours. <laughs> uh, so yeah, having those badges that day, uh, Stan, or that weekend was was uh, certainly a memory. Great memory. It was unlike anything I've ever experienced. The place was like the size of maybe a hundred Costco's. I mean, it was huge, just huge. huge. And, and I've never walked any place in, in any kind of a festival, any kind of an environment I've ever been where, because of the badge I was wearing, people are thrusting beers in my hand. Here, taste this, taste this, <laughs> taste mine. I want you to taste, sample this. And it was just an incredible experience that I can't thank you enough for. In fact, I think that was probably the first time um, that I've ever seen uh, cannabis-infused beer being offered anywhere, but where else but Denver, right? So, that was, was that was the first festival. Yeah, that was yeah. the first festival for that to be. Uh, yeah, that was a, a real big deal and continues to you know, uh, evolve, as they say at this point in time. I'm going to probably uh, I'm probably post some pictures on the franchise today uh, Facebook page of some of my memories of that festival and some of the good times that were had. Thank you for sharing that uh, with us, and thanks for helping me remember it again today that you brought that memory back around, Mark. So listen, in the time we've got left, we really do need to get into some discussion about the franchise opportunities and what those look like and where they're being offered, if they're regional or local. Are they single unit, multi-unit? Are they area development? Tell us a bit about the various types of opportunities between and across the Logans and old Chicago brands that you're growing. What can the audience learn about? No, that's great. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, you know, as we let, kicked off the show with being givers and takers, uh, we are givers, uh, you know, and what we're focused on uh, at this point in time is um, providing the opportunity in small towns across America uh, as well as larger towns. And uh, Hazem and I have made a, um, a strategic change this year. Historically, we would only sell um, or provide the opportunity to be granted a 
franchise agreement or license through multiple units, you know, three to five or more. Um, so that left a lot of folks that wanted to get into the restaurant space or wanted to diversify their portfolio on, left on the sidelines. So in the beginning of 2019, we, we changed uh, that, uh, and we are now awarding single-unit franchises. Um, so what's kind of neat about that is I had a list of probably 60 or 70 folks that were sitting on the sidelines, and we went back and called all those folks, and sure enough, there were 40 people that were still interested and wanted to, you know, still passionate about our brand. So that really opened up uh, some great opportunity for some folks in, you know, say El Paso, Texas, where, they, you know, even though when you count Juarez and El Paso together is over a million people, there really isn't a, a huge amount of opportunity. So it gives that individual in El Paso, Texas, an opportunity uh, to grow their brands. Um, so we are looking, we're continuing to look for single and also multi-unit uh, individuals. Uh, ideally, the candidate would be someone that uh, is already in the restaurant business and has years of experience and maybe looking to diversify their portfolio. Let's say they don't have a craft beer or, craft, or pizza play or a steakhouse play. Um, you know, we now will be awarding the opportunity uh, to compete with Texas Roadhouse throughout America with uh, Logan's, which we feel very proud. We have a new prototype that's working really well in Nashville, uh, and that's what we'll be growing with. We continue to evolve our old Chicago pizza and tap room, where it's not just about a freestanding 5,000-foot facility, but we've looked to diversify that, where we, we are now entering into the hotel space. We now have 21 locations in hotels. Uh, in various sizes and formats. Uh, so we're excited about that with our old Chicago brand. And then rock bottom, you know, again, being in the brewing business, that's a whole other level of complexity. Not only do you have to run a restaurant really well, but it's also about a manufacturing process around brewing beer. Um, and so we are looking to have our first franchise location in actually in Wichita, Kansas. I was out there a couple of weeks ago uh, in a beautiful developed project, uh, and we will have the the corner uh, main on main site that every developer dreams for uh, in that site with some great franchise partners. Um, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about our franchise franchise partners here at uh, at Craftworks Holdings. We, when I started three years ago, we did not have a franchise advisory council, and uh, we we put that into place fairly quickly. And uh, let's face it, anyone that's in franchising already knows this that you know without the franchisees feedback, buy in, and input. Um, you know, really, what do you have? Um, and so we really do lean on our franchise advisories uh, and the leadership of that uh, council to provide feedback and direction to us as we go forward. And uh, we found that to be tremendously beneficial. The other thing a lot of folks don't know about, and we don't necessarily market it as well uh, as maybe we could or, or share, is we also have something called the Craftworks Shares Foundation. It's an independent uh, business unit that's run as a 501c where we provide opportunities uh, for folks to go back to school and continue their education that's uh, it's self-funded through, through not only uh, donations uh, through different events that we host, but also uh, through our employees as well uh, giving in. We also have it covered for any type of catastrophic um, uh, matters that may come up in someone's daily lives. We provide that support. And most recently, we have our franchise uh, partners joining in with the Craftworks Shares Foundation as well, which we're tremendously excited about. And then lastly, any market that we go into um, when we open new restaurants, 
each franchise partner aligned with a local charity. <clears throat> and so as we're going through our reps of preparing the restaurant to open to the public, we host uh, a series of nights through VIP invited nights where uh, we collect donations for that charity. And I got to tell you, some of the giving that's gone on at some of these pre-openings, Dan, has been absolutely remarkable. I mean, game-changing for some of these local charities that our franchise partners have identified in their market. So it goes back to the theme at the beginning, givers and takers. We, we choose to be givers and giving back to our community um, in every restaurant opening. And I couldn't be prouder of our franchise partners for, you know, the, the efforts and energy that they put into, uh, into those, uh, those events uh, before we open. So you mentioned a little bit about Texas and Kansas. Where else are we looking for franchisees, Mark? So from a market perspective, all markets are open. Um, you know, at this point in time, I, I'd love to continue to grow our brands uh, in the southeast, uh, in the Florida and Georgia markets, as well as Alabama. Uh, and and uh, we have some opportunities there, uh, as well as Ohio. If there's someone out there that has an interest in getting into uh, our brands and looking at our brands, I would love to speak with he or she or them. Uh, about the state of Ohio. We've had several folks that have uh, expressed interest, but I think that uh, we could do really well in Ohio. Uh, we've been there once before, and I think we could continue to go there. Um, so, you know, and then on both seacoasts, uh, our brands are open for continued growth as well. But what's interesting is we've been blessed over the last 24 months. We've signed over 70 new development deals, uh, which you think about that is pretty remarkable in this day and age. Uh, with uh, some of the competitive headwinds that are out there. But uh, our, our franchisees that we call family, our franchise partners, uh, continue to believe in us, and um, we believe in them. So we look forward to having some folks step up. And, again, if you're in Ohio and you're thinking about diversifying your portfolio or stepping into the restaurant business, um, we'd love to speak with you. What about upcoming expos and shows? I know you're going to be out at the convention, but I don't think you're exhibiting, are you? We, I will be there physically. Yeah, um, we, we have a lot going on right now. We're also in 21 airports throughout the U.S. with our brands. And uh, we've also, simultaneous to the IFA, we have the airport experience show uh, going on. So all of the different operators and uh, the, the mayor's offices all get together for their annual convention that's taking place just down the street from the IFA convention. So I will be at two places at once, <laughs> and we uh, will be on the show floor there. Uh, with our old Chicago and, and Craftworks Holdings brands uh, there. So I will be bouncing back and forth. I'd love to, if you get a chance, I'd love to have you stop by. If you happen to be in the airport business and, and attending both, please send me your your, your cheat sheets on how you're going to be at two places at once because I'm, I'm still <laughs> trying to figure that one out right now. <laughs> and what about other expos, upcoming, Mark? Any place like multi-unit or where else will people find you? Yeah, thanks. We, we'll be at several uh, multi-units. Obviously, we'll be at we'll be at the Restaurant Finance Development Conference at the end of the year, and then in between there, there are several hotel uh, conferences that we'll be attending uh, as well. The Ahoa uh, in San Diego that comes up in April, um, as as well as the um, uh, the Restaurant Leadership Conference. For those of you that have attended that in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, every year, that's a wonderful event for operators. Um, we'll be we'll be attending and, and showing there as well. But obviously, the multi-unit is the uh, is you know kind of our Super Bowl, if you will, for uh, conferences, and then coupled with the restaurant uh, finance and development conference at the end of the year. 
hey, I want to do something too before I ask for you to tell the audience how to stay in touch with you and learn more. You did talk about your franchise advisory council and your stakeholders and and, and your franchise partners, and I just want to give a a shout out to Kelly Punchard in your office in Chattanooga, who is one incredible support person on your team that I've gotten to know over the years, which makes you a very lucky guy because people like Kelly make it easy for guys like you and me to look better at what we do. It's it's the Kellys and Ryan helping me backstage with this program, and and too often we don't say hello and thank those folks enough. So there you go. I've put my two cents in and invite yours. No, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Is uh, you're only as good as the team you have around you, and yeah, I've been blessed with um, having Kelly as well as uh, Mary Billick and and Stephen Kalk, who also support our franchise partners and in, in our sales process as well. And then Dominique Lascaro, who heads up all of our marketing, so they do a wonderful job for us. So thank you for mentioning that, and uh, we wouldn't be where we are without them. So how can you get a hold of me, um, Mark, as you mentioned, Mark A. Belanger, as Google says, uh, or if you're in uh, <laughs> Quebec or France, I guess. <laughs> you know, a little a little known fact is Belanger, Belanger, as they say in Quebec, is uh, kind of like the Smith of Eastern Canada. If you were in Quebec City and you opened up a phone book and those still exist, uh, you'd find that uh, there'd be a whole lot of pages of Belanger's, a lot of hockey players up uh, in our family up there. Um, baseball, so how can too. You get a hold baseball. Of me? Let's not forget baseball. Uh, you know, uh, yes, baseball, too. Yeah, the Belanger family uh, is, has been strong and a couple of different teams throughout the years, for sure. Uh, so you can reach me at uh, M Belanger, B-E-L-A-N-G-E-R, at CW Restaurants, that's with an S, dot com. Uh, or feel free to reach out to me directly uh, at the office at 303 664 4,000 and would love the opportunity. If you haven't had a chance to go to, go to craftworks.com or uh, ocfranchising.com to learn more about uh, our brands and, and what we're doing. So I can't, I can't thank you enough for the time that you've shared with uh, and the time that we've spent together here today. Mark in a minute or two, is there anything else that I should have asked you and didn't? Well, you kicked off the show, no pun intended, with a football piece. So, you know, <laughs> listen, um, I, I always have to remind people that growing up in New England, the Patriots <laughs> weren't very good in my youth. You know, uh, the Steve Grogan years of, uh, you know, Schaefer Stadium and, and uh, you know, the 70s and the 80s were not kind to a Patriots fan, or for that matter, the New England fans, other than we had our, our awesome Celtics, of course, with, you know, headed up with Bird McHale. But, uh, you know, it, we've been blessed there. You know, it's uh, my son does not know anything but New England winning. And, uh, you know, some of that I love and some of it's just not fair because there was a lot of heartache growing up for sure as a New England fan. So I just want to remind everybody of that. You know, <laughs> as, uh, as, uh, Stan continues to stay strong with his Falcons, Falcons well, Hawks. And, uh, somebody's got it. Somebody's got it going on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I didn't bring up 28 to three. I didn't bring that up. Ooh. No, oh, you saved that for the very end. From from a high note all the way to that. Hey, Mark, I all know, kidding aside, I, I, I can't thank you enough for your friendship and and uh, for being here today and for sharing with the audience some of the nuggets that have led to the success of your career. And I wish you the very best um, in 2019 and ahead and can't thank you enough for, for coming on today. Thank you again. Really appreciate the time.
All right, well, that's a wrap on another episode of Franchise Today. Next week, we're going to be coming to you from the IFA convention, and um, we're going to have a very special edition of Franchise Today. Uh, We've been bringing on more and more voices, um, and I would expect that next week we'll have multiple multiples of more voices on next week's episode as well. Can't wait to see everybody at convention. Travel safely getting there. I know there's some weather issues that are going to be plaguing certain parts of the country. So a little bit of patience will go a long, long way. Uh, but get to Vegas where it, actually they've seen some snow this week, if you can believe that or not. I think it's the first time in 20 years. But uh, travel well, be safe, and I look forward to seeing everybody at Mandalay Bay. Until then, my name is Stan Friedman, wishing you the very best of all things franchising. And Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solution, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.